0: I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them, and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Amy Wilson found herself in the world of jewelry and has never looked back. She has built her career representing artists that have the sustainable values to make the jewelry industry a better one. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Amy. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. So I just first of all, I I met you when you were working at Alex Monroe. Yes. Felt madly in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> you have such a spunk and such a such charisma that really like just. I I connected with you immediately, and I love what you were doing at Alex Monroe, Mm -hmm. like how you were treating their online media, like everything was just amazing. And um, can I ask you, like, where do you grow up? Yeah, definitely. also, I was very impressed and inspired by you as
1: well. So, yeah, a good meeting of minds when we met. <laughs> uh, where did I grow up? I grew up in Glasgow, Scotland. Glasgow. Um, um, I was quite directionless when it came to education and what I wanted to do. I think that everything I've done so far has been kind of happy
0: accident um, and led me to where I am now. So, so, um, so what? What were you when you were a child? Mm. Like, is, is there anything that inspired you with the fa- with fashion, with jewelry, anything? Yeah, I think
1: I'm so embarrassed to say this, but. I think that um, Sex in the City, unfortunately, had way, way too big a part to <laughs> play. I'm, I'm sorry, it did have great fashion. It did. Patricia
0: Fields, it was a great, yes, you know, fashion. Yes, I think that's
1: a better thing to say. I was inspired by Patricia Field <laughs> rather than the TV show. But um, it did, it had such a big part to play. You know, New York, the clothes, the kind of mix match of everything. Um, yeah, I found it fascinating. So when I went to uni... I decided to study fashion marketing on the basis of how do I get closer to being, I don't know what, <laughs> to Sex in <and> the <laughs> City. <laughs> uh, 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 and yeah, that's what I mean about happy accidents. It's like, yeah. I even stumbled upon the TV show. I then stumbled upon the education I yeah. and built things up from there. So
0: so when you were um, in, in uni, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what what direction do you want to, you, you saw yourself? I found uni really difficult because
1: fashion marketing that's what i studied and it's quite a it was quite a directionless course okay because this was in 2000 between 2006 2010 something like that um and so much was changing so fast yeah so it felt like you were being proactive by you know being on the internet and reading magazines and then when you went to uni something didn't add up, but it's because obviously the working world works so much faster than the education world. So unfortunately, well maybe not unfortunately, but uni was a bit of a a lark for me. I made amazing friends that I still have, but in terms of where did I want to go, I think I looked more outwardly to where I wanted to go than what I did through uni. Obviously you learn great skills that then help that, but... um. Obviously, as a lot of people are fascinated by magazines, discovered Alexander McQueen, who was like, what is this? He's my love. What is this visionary? What is this art? And I think that's what... It, I don't didn't realise at the time, but art and visuals is what I was drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to do something with that. But what it was... I don't know. I suppose I had a kind of quiet confidence it was just going to come. Yeah. which Thank, well, God, you, thank you God, have God
0: it did.
1: <laughs> you have it. But, um... Yeah, that was that was kind of my education journey, magazine for my education journey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so you graduated, mm-hmm. what happened after? Um, and I worked in the Glasgow branch, of COS. Mm. The Olympics in London started, mm. in which they built a Westfield, which is a huge shopping centre. Oh, yeah, we've got one in, in um, America as well. Mm. Huge shopping centre. And I transferred from the Glasgow one to the London one.
0: Okay. And moved to London. <laughs> oh nice. Well, very nice to, nice place to move to. Indeed. <laughs> and um and what, what was your um journey to go to Alex Monroe? Oh
1: wow, my journey maybe like and I'm not joking, forty interviews. Oh wow. Yeah. Really? And I interviewed for everything. Anyone that would see me, <laughs> I would that go and see. In
0: their Honest,
1: it was like a receptionist, um model agencies, um, oh god I can't remember half the stuff hardly any of it to do with fashion hardly anything to do with PR I just wanted to be on some kind of salary to get on some kind of paycheck that wasn't you know six hours a week at minimum wage so the um, yeah lots and lots of interviews and then I got a job because someone took um, I wouldn't say took a shine to me but just kind of gave me a chance I suppose Mm. um, at Grinson This amazing woman, Alison Hargreaves, who has been a PR for, I won't say how many years, but a long time, um, is so shit hot, knows her stuff, and I basically got a one-to-one tutorial Mm -hmm. from her for two solid years, just her and I, sitting in an office in this amazing company run by um, a guy called Tim Little, uh, and that's where I got my real education. Um, she kickstarted everything for me and oh, we're still good friends to this day.
0: That's amazing. And mm-hmm. and, and I love that because I personally, I went to school for fashion design and then I ended up in the world of jewelry and everything that I learned was with this woman that she mentored me. Mentor. Yeah. And that's the word. I still have a relationship with her and I absolutely love her. And it was just, she gave me the masterclass that I needed to get. From one place yep. to another, and it just makes such a difference in my life. Yep. And I'm like, oh my god, this it was is a turning I- point. Yeah, and and we have to be so lucky sometimes we we find these people mm-hmm. that really understand us, that sees us for like what the the potential that we yep. have, and just take us under the wing and yeah. like show us around. And and I you know, will ever be grateful for her for what she mm-hmm. taught me.
1: Definitely, <laughs> That's what I get um. I kind a of big piece of press, I always text it to her and say, um, always remember where you come from.
0: Oh, that's just really nice. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> really I do, sweet. I am obsessed with her. We'll <laughs> be forever. That's that's great. And um so you finished working with her?
1: And moved to Alex Monroe. Oh, now okay. I will say, um, which might not be a popular thing to say, but I had no interest in jewelry whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Maybe take that to the podcast. I, I, had I, almost no. fell my,
0: I almost fell in my chair right now.
1: <laughs> I had no interest in jewellery whatsoever. There was a press officer position, mm-hmm. which was a higher position to what I currently had. So again, that kind of, not scrambling, but oh, I'll go for that. Mm-hmm. I was so lucky because that could have been a, a, maybe I shouldn't name names, but that could have been like a mainstream brand of jewellery mm-hmm. that... Um, didn't have their ethics in place, didn't make, and I would have been none the wiser Mm -hmm. because I didn't know the industry that well. So working with Alex, I was incredibly spoiled that there was a workshop and Mm -hmm. there was hammers and Mm -hmm. tools and drills and people were making. Mm -hmm. Um, To the point of naivety, when I left Alex, which was five years later, I didn't realise people didn't make their own jewellery. So again, (laughs) even all these big companies... I thought everybody made each piece. So I was, yeah, I had a lot more educating to do for myself. But now it's great that I understand, you know, there's a place for all these different ways of doing things. But, um, yeah, going to Alex was a real, again, another turning point. Um, And he was so good at letting me flourish, like letting, trusting, that's the word. He was so good at trusting. He always had this saying you know, hire people to do the job that you can't and yeah. let them do it. That's great. Um, and that was huge for me. Really huge.
0: That's amazing. And and I love that he gave you the second education, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. So, and and you started appreciating jewellery in a different way. Oh my God, yes. And um, and I know you love it. And yeah. I know you, <laughs> like, how you feel about it. So, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's, again, you got a second mentor in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you moved from Alex Monroe and you created your own PR. I
1: did. PR. I did the very smart thing of deciding to go freelance at the beginning of 2020.
0: <laughs> what happened there? I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm yeah, not but, sure. don't talk about that.
1: <laughs> but of course, you know. I, I get so exhausted using the word pandemic and COVID. I feel like it's like <laughs> so pushed, but it is, it's history now. It's exactly. a moment in time. So because of the pandemic or sorry, during the pandemic, jewellery exploded. Yes, it Because did. it's, you know, it's an emotive purchase. Mm-hmm. All these connections that you have emotionally were, you know, you weren't allowed to see people. You weren't allowed to be around people, mm-hmm. whether it be far away or even close to you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, of course, we know about um, the kind of spike in proposals, but I think birthdays, mm-hmm. just someone having a really bad time.
0: Jewelry seemed to be a thing yes. that was gifted all the time. I got myself um a question mark an an antique <gasps> question mark pendant. Oh I love that because uh, the times. Yeah, oh, because wow. it was a the time. So cool. And I was like I saw it and it was from trademark antiques. Yeah. That I, I, I absolutely loved love them. And I saw this question mark and I'm like oh my god I need to have that and I wore it and I and I still wear it like almost every day I didn't I don't I'm not wearing it today but I wear it really uh regularly because it just made me feel like I was just questioning everything you yeah. know like what's gonna happen yeah. and all that stuff and it just have like this feeling and I know that this is my pandemic it's nice and having and those personal messages to yourself exactly. on your body yeah, yeah and, and and that's why I, you know. M- as you may know, like one of the reasons that I love jewellery so much is like it just everything has like a meaning and mm-hmm. a feeling. Like every piece of jewelry that I wear has something yeah. to say. And um and it, it just makes me it's it's like a security blanket in yeah. a way. You know, and little pieces of armour. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um tell me about who you like to represent, like what kind of um cost like what inspired you to to approach somebody or So, like I said,
1: left Alex and because he's such a good guy, there was, you know, everything's amicable and lovely to the point that he recommended me to the Goldsmiths Fair. Oh, that's amazing. So the fair, because of pandemic, had to go... um, Virtual. Yeah, virtual, digital. um, And I was able to help a bit with things like social media and marketing. And then this whole world opened up to me. Because, again, with Alex, I was... I loved his work so much, but I was quite narrow focused. I didn't. I would look at other brands to see what they were doing, and to you know make sure that we were ahead of the game and keeping on top of things. But I didn't really educate myself yeah. on other makers and other skills and other practices. Yeah. So working at the fair and doing social media meant that I had to find out about the individual people, yeah. and that was like, wow, look at what this person's doing. Exactly. Oh my god, what is that stone? Lapis. What is a lapis? <laughs> and on and on and on and on. So again. Maybe not necessarily a mentorship, but like an education. Goldsmiths Fair yeah. and working with them is a real education and a real inspiration into, yeah, just the whole world of jewelry and what can be what can be
0: done. Yeah, it's and, and that's I love Goldsmiths Fair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely one of my favorite shows because they really like want to celebrate the makers in yeah. the UK, and they really just push them to out there they they give them so much promotion they really care for them and i and everybody that goes to the fair really loves it Mm -hmm. and and it's such a for me it's like a magical place because i do have a soft spot for um uk dealers Mm -hmm. um they they have to go through a process before they have their own brand Mm -hmm. for the most part and and their skills are superb and also the it's, it's not like, they don't they don't show just to, it's like, I just want to sell as much as possible. They just want to show their visions and their voices. And I think it's, it's, there's something so special about it. Well, especially the makers at the fair, you know, they're artists yeah. and they need to sell their work in exactly. order to make more of the work <laughs> exactly. and pay the
1: bills. And the, the, but at their core, they are creatives and yeah. artists, but... I wouldn't say unfortunately, you know, there's loads of people that enjoy it, but yeah, unfortunately, sales is obviously a big big part of that. Uh, Of course. Um, And I think that's what's quite good about the fair as well, or maybe something that I've noticed. um, The fact that it's on once a year, once people have signed up, have to make something yeah. there has to be new things there yeah. so it kind of ins- pushes them and inspires them where maybe they might not have had that inspiration before so yeah
0: it's a great yeah. a great body for the jewelry industry I love it I know it's, it's such a great vehicle and, and I, I really if anybody can go there go because it's like it's my my treat for the year Yeah. <laughs> <to> do <that. laughs> like I go to other shows but the goldsmiths really just embodies like so much that I want um, on a like scene in artists yeah. And I just have so much fun there. It is, it's brilliant. <laughs> but that's kind of what
1: inspired my, you know, who, like you say, who do I want to represent?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, They have to make their own jewellery. Yeah. They have to be mad, mad, passionate about what they do, have to have their own identity. Yeah. You know, it's great working with people and finding the identity with them. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time people have that identity but can't articulate it. Yeah. Be that words as in like copywriting or visuals. And I love doing that part, but the identity has to be there um with the pieces themselves. So that's a part that I really love. But I think from memory the first person started working with was Ellis Maddie Cameron mm. and her identity was so strong and I'm not saying the reason she was my first is because she's also Scottish but it <laughs> helped um, and her and I still work together and she has been one of my champions, She the word of mouth that she has spread on my behalf because we work together has then brought in other people yeah. so I know you just mentioned there about how do I approach people, so far I haven't had to do too much approaching mm. but and hopefully I will never have to, but <laughs> if I do, uh, it will be must make, must have a, not must have a strong story, but again, be able to articulate why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I've had people that will kind of say, oh, I might start a engagement ring business. It's just like, go for it. Enjoy. (laughs) You know, it's like, why are you making this piece? Why are you doing what you're doing? And I think you've mentioned this before. Everything has a story. And the jewellery that speaks to people the most, the makers themselves, have such a strong, naturally strong Mm -hmm. story behind it. Um, That's really important to me. Ethics is really important to me. And even if you don't have all your things, ethics-wise, in check, as long as you're making a point to find out and constantly Mm -hmm. making a um, carving a way out to do better yeah, that's important, it doesn't have to be I know exactly where those stones come from but I'm actually looking for a new supplier who maybe could tell exactly. me where theirs come from, it's that it's like always try and do better, you might not have it set Yeah, um,
0: yeah, but, but it's it's a, it's a work in progress, because mm-hmm. it's like unfortunately like, it, it, and, and that's something very important, because a lo- there's like a lot of Companies right now that they're like, oh, we're ethical Mm. and we're 100% carbon neutral Mm. and and whatever. And I and I I joke around and I say, unless you're you're selling antique jewelry Mm -hmm. in a bicycle, (laughs) you're not 100% carbon neutral. You cannot say that. You cannot claim that. You have to. You know, words have a lot of weight, but Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people throw these words just very easily. And I feel like there there has to be a responsibility with it. And I understand how jewelry is made. I understand how gold is is mine Mm -hmm. or, you know, brought um, out and gemstones are mine. But you have to make the research and you have Mm -hmm. to, you know, you not everybody can go to india not everybody can go to africa and see the mines for themselves and look at everything but you really have to have conversations yeah. this is a very small industry even yeah. though it's all over the world it's very very small so you can talk to people and ask questions then go here and go there and really get your answers yeah. and and you're like okay i don't i don't want to work with this person I don't I don't it's a little shady let me look for somebody else and and the thing is that the the good thing that I feel like right now in the jewelry industry is happening is like the younger jewelers help each other definitely which is really really nice and I I, I'm very happy that I've created also like a little community in in a way like I like to connect people with each other you know I, I was um joking um the other day that I, uh, I had a friend that needed a favor, and I it was a Croatian artist in New York that needed a favor in London, and I contacted German artists that contacted <laughs> Spanish artists to see if everything can be done. Amazing, and it was so amazing, <laughs> and I love that, and and I love this connection. I I feel myself like a global person. Not you get such it. a buzz from it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So, but that's the thing is like if you really do your research you can find things that are more ethically done well I have recommended and continue to recommend to everybody
1: to go through the B Corp process, I'm not saying that I know that the B Corp is the number one thing to do but so far I haven't found another one better like another body better that will find out if you are ethical, sustainable, yeah. responsible or not. so Can
0: you tell me a little bit about B Corp? Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm not as educated mm-hmm. in it as I should be. One of my clients, Shakte Ellenwood, she is B Corp certified, mm-hmm. but B Corp certified with a really high percentage. So what I believe it to be is... Not most people can get a B Corp certificate, but it's not overly difficult to get one. I think you can get your certificate, but then you have a percentage of how well you've done Mm. in achieving the certificate. Again, I don't know the percentages, but let's just say everyone that can make 30% will get a certificate. Mm -hmm. But they then check on you annually to make sure that 70% Mm -hmm. that you maybe have, you know, not met the top marks and yet you're trying to. Yeah. And that's how you retain the certificate. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's not just, here's a sticker on you go for the next 50 years. They are on you. Um, And yeah, it's the best one in terms of, and that's blockchain, that's um, who you bank with. Yeah what your recycling system is like in your home. You know, do you practice what you preach in your exactly. personal life as well as your business? So, yeah, it's one that I really respect until maybe something better comes along, but I personally can't well, it's, quite again, see it's, it happening. It's,
0: like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, as long as we make little steps towards better, it's, it, it's really important. You know, like, environment is very important mm-hmm. to me. I It's like, that's something that I give to towards the environment, especially the Amazon that mm-hmm. is being, you know, <laughs> Um, But it to find artists that have those ethics is so, so, so mm-hmm. important and, and is so valuable to the, the person that's purchasing yeah. it. Because they also know that they're buying from somebody that that is passionate about the environment, yeah. and it's 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 a good chain to continue. And they and when people feel comfortable about buying something from an artist, they'll talk to their friends exactly. and they'll talk to their family and they're saying like, "Hey, buy." And and that's another connection that I like that is the the connection of the artist and the client because once. That they have that bond, mm-hmm. they will really spread the word yeah. to their to their peers, and 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 it's it just creates a really beautiful um, community. I okay. agree. Well.
1: One of my um, goals in doing PR marketing, but in what I do is in fifteen years' time, for example. So when the next generation, and I'll pick the theme of engagement, just because it's such yeah. a big purchasing. Yeah. Um, power for jewelers. In the next fifteen years time, when someone comes to a client for a bespoke ring, they're going to B Corp jeweler. Yeah. You know, it's like that's one of the first things they research. It's not I've mm-hmm. seen that on Instagram and it looks great. In about fifteen years time for people to say, Do you have a B Corp certificate? Yeah. And if it's a no, mm-hmm. then perhaps that person can um they might not have the certificate have gone through the process but will be able to take the customer on that journey of where materials and things exactly. come from. But um yeah that's I hope to contribute to making that shift as to not why am I making, but why am I buying? Yeah. So that's, yeah, a goal for me.
0: So can you tell me a little bit about your process once you have a client? What, How do you um, work with them to put them out there in the world? So phone
1: calls and voice notes are my best friend. <laughs> um, just talking to people. Yeah. I think... When you, or my experience so far working with jewellers is they don't, the thing they think's interesting is interesting, but once they start talking about it, the stronger stories come out. Yeah. They don't see those at the time, but once you explain to someone, you know, I know that you think your I don't know, 20th anniversary is the story mm-hmm. because it's such a milestone, but actually that SMO gold that you use... That's the story. Whereas you do that because you want to use that gold. But actually, that's a really big deal. Like the point of PR is, you know, to tell people about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's something people want to hear about. They don't really care. It's your 20th anniversary. I'm sure they're really happy for you. Yeah. But <laughs> the SMO gold is like that's exactly. what will change the game. So I find that really exciting. Ex- not explaining that since patronizing, but kind of like sharing with people. What they don't think is important is actually really important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll ask people, I'll usually type questions on WhatsApp and have the jeweller's voice note me back. Because, again, if I email questions and they type them back, it's quite... um, It's it's restrictive. It's restrictive. It's quite formulaic. But when someone's speaking, all this other stuff comes out. Um, And once i have talked enough, which is probably never enough but i have talked enough <laughs> um, that's when I put together a press release or look at current trend stories and see where that jeweler's work could possibly fit mm-hmm. and then reach out to press and say I've got someone fab I want to share yeah, with you
0: I love that, see you're really good at Storytelling, which is amazing. I, I think it's the, so. Scotty, the Scottish <laughs> side of your... Maybe, it is, maybe yeah, it's an inherent Celtic thing that I've got going on. Yeah, that's they, a good point. they said that the Scottish are very good storytellers. I am a terrible storyteller, but I <laughs> love hearing people telling their stories, yeah. and I just get excited about it. And but the, that's the thing is like you have introduced me to amazing artists that I didn't know existed, and I I and the stories that you've told me oh, wow. really have. Like I'm like, oh, I have to check this person Mm -hmm. and let me look into it. And when I see what they're doing, I really like like to invest in them. And that's the important thing is like you you hear the stories of the people, and if they grab you, you invest in them. And that's like something that um, I think it it should be. Everybody should use that technique because you know sometimes you know when you go to like. Chain jewelry store Mm -hmm. or something like that. You're just buying. Yes, you're buying something that somebody designed, but they design it because they've seen someone else design it. it Yeah, exactly. It's like they look at the trends. They say like, so you follow a formula. And it doesn't have that soul, but like when it's handmade, when it's uh, created by somebody, it has their spirit, it has their yeah. soul, it has their story behind it. And the years of training yeah. and techniques and research, and, and it really bothers me so much when people are like, oh, this is how much? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, it's and like and you would and never walk into an art gallery and say that. Exactly, you you don't you shouldn't question the artist's like the decision to price something this way. You don't know how much the like, I, I've seen in shows people mm-hmm. like <laughs> hitting with their teeth oh, the gold or like weighing them with their hand and be like, "Is how much is this?" and and he's like, "It's not. This is not a commodity." you don't buy you don't buy a piece for the materials you buy for the experience you buy for exactly. the passion you buy for the story of the person and that's like something that for me is very very important i'm going to invest in the artist because it has a story it has years of experience it has the research and the knowledge mm-hmm. to create something very special that i will wear and hopefully pass yeah. One day to somebody.
1: <laughs> There's a um, a brand that I love called Everlane. It's a clothing mm. brand. Yeah. And what I find fascinating about that brand is on their website they will break down the cost of let's say a T-shirt. They will tell you how much that cotton cost, They will tell you how where they found it from. They will tell you who picked it, what that person got paid, and then at the bottom it's like that T-shirt's thirty pounds, thirty dollars, whatever. But mm. and they'll tell this you this is... is why. Oh wow! If I could get my clients to do that <laughs> hint hint clients i uh, that would be such a strong story and i yeah. ju- not even a story but it'd just be such transparency yeah. you know that's one of those words that always kind of comes around with yeah. um ethics and responsibility but i personally would love if a jeweler said to me yeah this three thousand pound ring it's because the gold is this price exactly. i've trained for this many years therefore my labor costs this mm-hmm. much like why wouldn't you exactly just again it's my opinion I'm not a jeweler there's obviously reasons but I think that would be such a strong selling point yeah and it might not get someone buying there and then but I think that you would have a customer oh sorry (laughs) I think you would have a customer for life yeah um if you had that because it's just it's a next level of trust and communication as well which is obviously big when you're working with a jeweler yeah um so, yeah, I love that. I hope it goes that way at some point, but yeah. I love that just.
0: Well, it also creates a perspective. Yeah. For the customer. And education. In education. Because, like, I, a lot of people don't. I, I had. Um, I saw. Um, an artist's work and somebody was like oh i can find something like this in walmart and then it it, it boggled my mind and i was like (laughs) no and i was i I actually had to tell some something it's like you don't understand the the time the education that this person has had the time the the hours of labor the just finding their voice is such a like it takes time it It doesn't just appear out of the It it can sometimes come really quickly to a person, but it takes time to create that voice and that vision and that path for the artist. So it's like, it's just really, I I don't understand how can somebody come and question
1: I mean, I can, I, I can understand it in a sense of, you know, not everybody has the money to buy expensive I can, things. But, but I, I understand where you're coming from. It's like, there's no need for that commentary. Exactly. If you can't purchase it or yeah. you want to wait over time or find a brand that's... that's. And there's so many brands that make, that are accessible. Mm-hmm. But because... There's so many more brands that are even more accessible mm-hmm. with bad practice and because they can churn out so much more and make so much more money than advertise so much more. You know, it's that the ones that are also doing that, their voices are lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, advertising, marketing, all of it is necessary. But I think the playing field's not, I mean, it's definitely not level, but it's nowhere near level.
0: Yeah, and, and, and this, but that's the thing, exactly. You don't have to say that comment. Mm-hmm. If you cannot afford it, it's understandable. And, you know, I always tell people, don't say, don't tell somebody, oh, this is so expensive. Expensive is such a, it's like a bad word mm. for me. Like, I will say it's uh, is it's, uh valuable. Yeah. That's the word that you That's should use. Nice. It's like, "Oh, this is a valuable piece." And I talk to artists. Some I many, many times I cannot afford what they sell. Mm-hmm. Um and I tell them it's like, "I it's so worth it. I love it. I cannot afford it at this time, but maybe in like a yeah. few years." and that gives the artist a, a sense of satisfaction yeah you know you don't have to be mean with somebody exactly. it's just like you know it's gorgeous i love it it's beautiful i can't afford it right now but who knows maybe maybe in like few years exactly. i can do it and and i ask for payment plans mm-hmm. i personally say oh my god yeah i
1: love yeah. a payment, plan. Oh, oh, I love yeah, a payment yeah.
0: plan and artists love that too they get like a little like yeah a little something every month yeah and, and they're just like, they feel like, okay, I'm getting... I, I know mentally, I know I'm going to get $500 each month that will pay, cover... I don't this. need to get a credit card to have
1: interest on yeah. it. I think that that's such an interesting point. I think, I don't want to um, put anybody, throw anybody under the bus, <laughs> but I would guess that all the clients that I work with would do that Mm -hmm. for their customers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think customers would even think to ask. But again, it goes back to the transparency. I think money, cost of things, that it's it's still in this day and age, which is wild, it's still such a sticky uncomfortable subject yeah. but i know for a fact and i'll say this because i know this artist does this um or jeweler sorry does this um ellis maricammer for example she i know for a fact she's done payment plans for lots of her clients she's done it for
0: me <laughs> amazing she did right. it for me
1: and but again i don't know if she i think she would advertise it in the sense that once a bespoke client for example was in yeah. she would say let's work in this way yeah. but yeah i think um also, people promoted that a yeah. bit more like Interest free six mm-hmm. month, yeah, amazing. Don't need to mock mean- up your credit score or any of that kind of nonsense.
0: Exactly, and it's just like a personal thing. It's yeah. like an interaction between the artists. Like nobody else needs to know. And We're not a bank. We're not everything. Just like I, if I give you, if I can do three payments of this much in three months, can you do it for me? Yeah. Yes. The answer is probably going to be yes. Yes. <laughs> why? Why not? And and that's like something a conversation that I I've been doing payment plans since I was like. <laughs> 12. (laughs) Because I, you know, I like, I remember it was a fossil watch. My aunt used to own a boutique. I loved it. I couldn't afford it. And I made a payment plan with her. I was 12 years old. And then every time that I will have like a little money, I will go. You and are a machine. I did. Good on you. Yeah. I, I've worked all my life. You know? I've worked all my Hustling life. Hustling since they one. <laughs> <Since, since, laughs> well, you know, it was not by choice, but yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. is like, I've always done it. And I'm, I'm, I have no shame asking for it, you know. Like I, it's I'm not rich. I, yeah, I'm just, uh, but I love jewelry. I will invest in an artist, if like, especially Alice. I love Alice. Like she's my daughter, you know. <laughs> Even though she she has a mother and she's very very lovely, but you know, it's like I have. Uh, you know, I will I will gladly invested if you work with me I'm gonna work with yeah. you and I'm gonna invest you and I'm gonna promote you and I'm gonna push you out there and show how amazing you are and those are the things that we need to do more yeah I feel it's not done more everybody is just so transactional yeah. right now and and I feel like it just needs to be like something else um something deeper yeah. and something stronger I agree so how um what do you see yourself in like five years like what what how do you see yourself at? What a great question. <laughs> um, Having a PR empire. <laughs> I can see oh, it. Oh no, see that's the thing. I don't, I never want to
1: be too, that sounds so grim. I never want to be too successful. I am, um, I love what I am just now. I'm yeah. working with amazing people. I think the landscape of PR is changing. Mm-hmm. So as much as I work with a couple of jewellers at the moment, I'm also working with a agency mm. called Fallowfield and Mason. What they're doing, or say they, it's a woman that uh, runs at Juliet Fallowfield, her vision, which I'm kind of piggy banking off of because I think it's amazing, is to educate and train not just jewellers, but anyone with a small business on how to do their own PR. Mm. So it's like, here's how to create your story. Oh, that's here's awesome. Here's the imagery that we think you need. Um to... PR and market yourself mm-hmm. with the long-term plan that hopefully once you have this formula, if you will, in place you should be able to use that formula every time you have maybe have a new product or have a new service So, because mm-hmm. again, a very small business can't afford a full-time PR. And quite frankly, small businesses, if you're not producing that many new pieces, again, I'm going back to jewellery, but if you're not producing that many new pieces or your story's not particularly strong, you perhaps only have two, three, four PR moments in a year. Yeah. So if you can be guided on how to do that for yourself and take the time out to learn how to do that for yourself, Mm -hmm. then, and obviously the... Again, jewellery, but the business owner is their own best storyteller. Yeah. So exactly. when they are, when they are the one reaching out to press or for a brand collaboration or any of these kind of avenues that can grow your business, um, they are the ones people really want to be speaking to. Exactly. So yeah, Fallowfield and Mason and what they're doing is kind of where I see things going. Definitely where I would love to be going because I think, yeah, sharing your knowledge. And guiding people is kind of what I love about my job um, and learning from other people and sharing that with other people. exactly what you were saying before, like creating communities. Yeah. Um, like there's plenty out there for everybody. Yeah. And if we all just kind of help each other out, only good things can come. So that's, that's what I see going in five years' time is working in that way, yeah. creating formulas, creating modules, helping Juliet kind of like build... What's the it wouldn't be like necessarily an empire, but yeah, build like a global community yeah. of small businesses that can, you know, carve out a kind of pocket in the world for themselves yeah. and not have to fork out millions for years of PR and maybe get like one or two moments exactly. in a year. So yeah. yeah, it's um it's changing and definitely for the better. Yeah, and I think yeah, what Juliet's doing is kind of pioneering that. So when I found out about her, I was like, ah that's the missing piece that's that's what it's going next or in my opinion that's what it's going next so i found it really interesting
0: oh that's but that's great and and you're you're really are gonna help so many people get a knowledge that they didn't know how to do it so you're giving them the tools to really explode um speaking of that like Mm -hmm. what do you think social media will go in like a few years just in a few years, I don't know, but at the moment I tell,
1: or my opinion of it is, and I've shared with my clients, Instagram, for example, it's like Instagram's a second website. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, if I recommend a brand to you or vice versa, I'm assuming one of us is going to go onto Instagram to find that. Yeah. We're not going to go onto their website straight away. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if we like the look because we take in information very quickly exactly. and turn things over very quickly. Um, because obviously there was a moment a few years ago where selling through, these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, was strong, and I'm sure it still is, but again it's becoming diluted, Mm -hmm. it's becoming a bit, there's a bit of a disassociation between brand and people and product, so Mm -hmm. I think these platforms, social media platforms, will continue to be a great way to advertise, and hopefully advertise for free, I know they're not being great at the moment in terms of like pushing new people or um, with engagement and things, but it's still a place that you can share your work. It may do other things in the future, but I'm not so I'm not so excited
0: about social media. I know it's just I have a, a I I've always say if Instagram had a paywall mm-hmm. for people, you can have your free algorithm well, filled yeah. stuff, but like if companies decide if you say we're gonna have a subscription. We're gonna have it will be ten dollars a month or something like that. And you're gonna have it's gonna be no algorithm, it's gonna be everybody's gonna see it, everybody will see your work. I will tell you, people will I will I, I don't make any money and I will pay for it. I will a hundred percent pay for it because I want it like my, oh, on my page what i want to do is show the work mm-hmm. of artists i want people to see the work of artists i don't want the algorithm to decide no i don't want to show it today or anything like that it's just like i'm like i will pay gladly but they don't they, it's just very
1: short-sighted but i think yeah. that's why i'm not excited about um social media an idea like that for example would be amazing mm-hmm. but in time they're just going to monetize it again they're just going to yeah. make it hard get okay so now it's um, packages <laughs> now, you know they're just gonna social yeah. media as an average they're just gonna keep I milking know, it which is why so it's not well for me personally it's not that exciting anymore it's amazing it's great that people can communicate that the way that they can through mm-hmm. it um like I said discover people all that kind of thing but um again yeah, the next five ten years time uh, i don't know what it's going to be but yeah.
0: again I'm not my breath's not baited. I know. It's just sad because I, I, I personally don't trust or care for TikTok. I don't, <laughs> you know. Twitter is, doesn't mean much to, because, like, unless you have grievances or mm-hmm. anything like that, it's just not a good place to. I do post on Twitter, but, yeah. like, it's just because I just copy and paste everything and all the social media. Instagram, for me, is, like, the most viable, but it's just still, is it like, the algorithm is just very know no. a lot of people are struggling just now, and it's
1: interesting again, Julia and I've had this conversation p r seems to be picking up again, yeah, because so many people were relying on social media mm-hmm. to advertise themselves and yeah. then also having the payments and advertise mm-hmm. themselves, but now that that's diluted, and people can't afford it pr starting to pick up because people need the authenticity again yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so it's yeah i think it'll just constantly do this it'll constantly yeah. ebbs and flows between both but it's, it's, it, that's interesting that's mm-hmm. very very interesting I, I love that um so i have some compulsory questions um even though you're not a jeweler but mm-hmm. i you you know your jewelry <laughs> and you've learned your jewelry from everybody that you work with definitely um what's your favorite gemstones Oh, that's uh, a
1: sapphire. sapphire. I know that's such a basic answer, no. but I love them. I love them so much.
0: What what do you love
1: about them? I feel like I can dive into them. Every time I see one, I'm like I could jump into that. <laughs> a diamond, obviously, diamonds are beautiful, mm. but I'm kind of yeah. And I'm not a big colour person. Like I know you can't see, um, but I'm <laughs> She's all in black, black all and black. always wear black. But yeah, she there's does. something about the depth of uh, colour in sapphires that I could stare at. I wouldn't stare at a diamond for ages, but I'd stare at a blue sapphire for ages. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Good. Um, what's your favourite metal?
1: Gold, yellow gold. Love it. It's especially um, brushed, mm, not high shine, yes. brushed yellow Eighteen, maybe twenty-two. <laughs> <Carrot> <laughs> 22 gold oh, is, twenty-two is—it's like butter. Yes,
0: it's just and it the most so nice. It has such a nice
1: weight. The weight. Lucy Gledhill ring. Mm-hmm. I have one. Oh, the chain ring just made from again brushed. I don't know if that's eighteen or twenty-two. Uh, think. I think it's eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. But yeah, just touching that—it's like, <sighs> it's like it could melt. Yeah, it it's just, not going. But it, it, has it feels like such a
0: nice weight it's to beautiful. it. It's just—it feels so nice to wear. I, I love that ring. i love that ring um so you've seen so many people doing so many um different uh techniques in jewelry Mm -hmm. what's your favorite if you have to pick one
1: I don't necessarily think I have a favourite. Again, you know, it's like yellow gold sapphires. I'm quite <laughs> basic with my taste of what I would personally wear. But a new technique to me, not a new technique in the world of jewellery, um, which Shakti Eluma does, is hand stamping. Mm. So not engraving the pieces of jewellery, but stamping them. <coughs> Excuse that. me. Um, and what the shapes and the texture she creates through the... Because it's not engraved, it does look different, but you can't work out why, mm-hmm. and it makes the piece really, really interesting. So, yeah, I think that's my favorite because it's the newest and the freshest, and it really does look different yeah. from anything else. Yeah, she does make the um, work which is obviously sick.
0: a tough, um, a tough gig in this industry. So, yeah, definitely hand that. stamping. Uh, who's your favorite artist? Uh, it doesn't need to be jewelry. Anybody that um... Alexander McQueen. <sighs> Always, Always and
1: whatever. I know. At IP.
0: Do you know that I started my in my blog at that point in mm-hmm. Tumblr the day that he died? And it was like the most, like for me, visceral. Like I had just, it was like the saddest day. Like I don't usually grieve artists. Mm-hmm. But he was such a mastermind. February 12th? Yeah. 2000. and It's like 2003. I think two thousand and nine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. I remember, read the news, cried. Yeah. Still would cry to this day. I
0: know. Is he was he I so I will tell you quick story. <laughs> 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 um when I moved to New York mm-hmm. I was working I was a receptionist in this uh uh clothing company and the designer was like this crazy person but she had a lot of connections yeah. and she she had an invitation for um, a sample sale <gasps> and she invited me mm-hmm. and I'm like little me making $25,000 a year <laughs> so I was like okay I've never been to a sample sale it was like I just can't, I'm literally off the plane <laughs> and she takes me to an Alexander McQueen <gasps> sample sale oh and I have five pieces of no, them. You don't. I do and I pay the most was like $35 for them. They're real Alexander McQueen. Indeed. I have this absolutely stunning uh the blazer I doesn't fit me anymore but uh, and uh this, put it in a frame. Put it in the wall. <laughs> I know uh, it's I a know. piece of art. It's a piece of art. And I'm like I was like and I have a T-shirt, and I have this, this really cool skirt, and I have, like, all this stuff. And it was just the samples. It was when he did his first, first, first collection after he left Givenchy. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, it was like, you know, he was just starting his thing. So amazing. So, I was like, again, 20 years ago, like, I was... I'm stunned that I can afford it, and I was simple side at that time. It, doesn't, <laughs> it, it hasn't happened. I was like putting one, like I, I put one of those tears, and it was very wide. Like it didn't fit. in my husband's like, "Was that when you were a kid?" And I'm like, "We were dating. <laughs> we were dating when we when I had this on." <laughs> so yeah, but I absolutely love him. He's my favorite. He will always be my favorite. I have to this day er, er, all my. My uh, screen, the sabers, is Alexander McQueen. Is it? Yeah. It was one of the best exhibitions I've ever been to oh, as well. That being yes. the one,
1: I cried all it, the way it, through. It was yeah. pathetic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even my husband, who is not into fashion, he was, like, looking at it, and he was saying, he, what a what a tragedy to this world. He said that, and I'm like, you get it. You get it. He was a master, and no, nobody will ever compare yeah him um what's your favorite thing to listen to while you work oh
1: listen to while I work oh I know this definitely um the euphoria soundtracks oh really yeah which has now led me on to a new appreciation for labyrinth labyrinth is my yeah my work sounds definitely really so that and then when I get a little bit towards the afternoon I like to watch not watch but like listen to it as if it's a podcast um the real housewives and real housewives of anywhere new jersey new york beverly hills i like put it on on my laptop and then work and just
0: like listen to them i love I, it I, I have a my my guilty pleasure is um, i do watch the bachelor and bachelorette which is awful and i but there but i i i hate the show but i love there's a podcast called will you accept this rose and it's insane it's like this comedians and it's like hilarious and i love it and it makes me so happy so good it's (laughs) it's chewing gum for the brain it's just like you
1: can zone out i love it there's so
0: much crap in the world it's just like good to just like disappear (laughs) and um do you have any advice for future jewelry artists that are coming out of college right now Mm -hmm. and just i do actually
1: um Especially, you know, people that have been educated in jewellery. Like I say, they have a purpose behind it. They're doing it for a reason. Just really stick with the why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know that designs and um, aesthetics and things change. But what you have started with, what you've started making, will be inherently you. It will progress and it might become something new. But if things aren't working, I know how hard that can be. But if things aren't working, still stick to your gut, stick to your vision. Stick to, it will come good. It might take a really long time. It might happen instantly. But stick to your gut and stick to yeah, what it is you love and why you love it. Yeah. And You'll fly.
0: Well, if you believe in yourself and you really like, if you have this vision, it's just gonna uh, really show, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the authenticity. Yeah, that's the everything. Yeah, everything. Exactly. Everything. exactly. I completely agree. Amy, you're a gift, and I love you so much. <laughs> thank, you thank you for talking to me, and you know, it's I so helped me. This was so chill. I know. I, I just it. I wanted to make it chill. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You can find Amy Wilson on Instagram at Amy underscore Wilson underscore PR. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. There's just the